All right, and we have kicked off. We are now back. It is the Play On podcast at Podcast Play On at Beer at Bants. Myself, Ben English, back from a little rest, little paternity. So thank you guys for covering. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> Because you've uh, done all the hard work. <laughs> now, nah, listen, listen, my my admiration and respect for women have, it was incredibly high. It has now gone even higher through the the stratosphere. And as a man, I'm never complaining about anything ever again, because hats off to all the women out there and all the parents and uh, big up all the South End, um, you know, hospital midwives and whatnot. Uh, I'm back, gave birth to a beautiful little girl, uh, beautiful little Guna. So hopefully get her in the Arsenal kit when it's time uh just want to say big thank you to all the listeners for checking us out and checking us out on all podcast platforms and i want to say a big thank you to our hosts just for maintaining the fault so as always i am ben english how you guys doing ash how you getting on yeah i'm good man i'm good um congratulations to you um and yeah just wishing you guys and andrea all the best and great to have you back as well Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Ryan, how you getting on? Very well, thanks. I've still got all my hairline and life is good. <laughs> all good. And Cal, maintaining as always. Yep, yep, yep. Congratulations again to you and your wife on the new baby. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and we're really happy to have all our listeners on board. And thank you for the few personal messages from people that have been listening. You hit me up on whatsapp while everyone's still on whatsapp and they ain't jump ship (laughs) even though they had no reason to jump ship in the first place but that's for another episode um ash i'm going to let you introduce our latest guests and take it away yep i mean you bigged up females and today we have our first female guest on play on podcast um a good friend of mine um she'll tell you about her team um yeah we'll call her mons because she doesn't want her full government name on here so yeah um shout out to mons thanks for coming on Thank you for having me. Hello, guys, and congratulations, Ben. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Can I just ask Mons why you don't want your full government name <laughs> on the podcast? <laughs> Are you like a conspiracy theorist? Or no, something? no, I just like to be inconspicuous. You know, it is my name's quite um, unique. It's not very bait, so if I use it, it's obvious that it's me. If that makes sense. Understood. that's good um and can you share your team uh with us and the listeners please yes the one and only liverpool nice nice liverpool going for a bit of a going through a period at the moment but i think they'll overcome obviously they showed they showed they showed their levels against the spurs away um and ash uh has, has sort of brought you up to speed with uh summing up the yeah season in three words or the last game in three words well, that that one was a bit hard to think of just three, but um, I'm going to go with what the fuck for the for the season. Okay, you should care to elaborate on that. Well, I mean, we started and thought, yeah, this this is it. Now we're going to maintain this glory. I've waited years for this, years, and then <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> just, and then. I, there's just no words there's no words like just slipping and slipping and slipping but that Tottenham game I needed that I needed that honestly I was on the edge it's it's like another form of lockdown with children in the house honestly that game was anxiety yeah I think the, the two games and 
you know, maybe you would have noticed another game, but those two games against Spurs, Liverpool really showed uh, their worth. The one at Anfield where they just turn it up for 45 minutes. And I know, I know Sun got that sort of that one goal, but the way they were putting pressure on and playing Spurs at Anfield was just some of the best football I'd seen this season. And then the away result um, at the Spurs ground again showed that Liverpool really are the team to be, even though Man City are sort of doing it now. But I, f- I think, you know, I was really impressed with the Liverpool's performance recently. I think if um, the Son goal wasn't ruled offside, I don't think we would have won, if I'm being honest. Um, okay. I feel like my team, they could be a bit sensitive with things like that. So if they start losing, they sort of give in from the beginning. Once they fall behind, they don't work too hard to reclaim it. And that's my only fault with my team, the inconsistency. Mm, mm, mm. Fair. fair result, fair, fair, fair. Um, and then obviously a few injuries to still come back and they're trying to plug the gap of... Uh, they were even talking about maybe bringing in Socrates or Mustafi, which uh, <laughs> had Arsenal Twitter <laughs> laughing. But um, I think Henderson's doing a really good job at the back as well. I think we can t- speak about that in a moment. But the uh, the players that are filling in and some of the young players as well doing yeah. really well. Um, you're missing uh, Jota as well, I think, massively. But hmm. I think we're, we're doing all right. We've got time, I think. That Spurs game was frustrating. Not, not, I don't think Liverpool played particularly well. I think that Spurs just Spurs centre backs just gave that game up. Absolutely folded. Um, Rodon and uh, Dyer, just two calamitous mistakes, man. Ori and the keeper as well. I think if you look at that back line, only Davis didn't make a, mis- a direct mistake for a goal. I think Loris made two. Um, and Aurier and Dyer were complicit in the first goal. And Rond- and Rond- Rondon or Rodo, whatever his name is. Yeah, Rondon's like, basketball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, just awful. So I kind of think that you needed to give me and Spurs gave you, like, they gave mm. you those three points. Mm, mm. Right. We'll take it. We'll take it. Listen, they need we'll to take, take it. Take what they can get. They're chasing. They're chasing. Right. On the other side of Merseyside, it's kickstart on Premier League games over the weekend. Um, Everton... A lot of people thinking it was their season to sort of push on and start to compete with the, with the top boys or at least be there or thereabouts. Uh, Rodriguez came back and scored in the week. However, they were playing a Newcastle team desperate for a win or some sort of points, so lack of confidence. And lo and behold, everyone thinks that everyone's going to get the win. I know if people doing fantasy football, uh, you know, were betting on Calvert-Lewin or someone. And then who pops up? You know, Newcastle winning away from home 2-0 and it was a, it was an impressive away result I know Ashley would, we were talking uh, about the two goals that were scored Callum Wilson getting his 50th and 51st goal could have got a hat-trick in all fairness yeah definitely yeah I think he's, it's good like he's on my bench so he's going to come in he's going to give me some points um, Newcastle have been really up and down I think they played Leeds and got beat 2-1 with Leeds up and down form and they just didn't look like they were going to score many goals but then once they got one they look like they could get two, three and four very quickly. Um, Wilson is a very good player. I think he needs to play up front by himself with wingers constantly feeding him. The 4-4-2 doesn't really work for him anymore. Um, but I think they've got like a decent base now. And I think Newcastle have two home games against one against Palace and one against someone else where if they get those points, it will just take them away from danger. They were slightly um, falling back into the relegation picture. But 
if they can win a couple couple more games, then they'll be clear of that. Yeah, and Ancelotti was sort of saying now we can spy not spineless, but they just Everton just didn't show anything, and you know he just it was a bit disappointed with their reaction, and and they didn't really have anything to 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 pull them out of it. Um, and then obviously Steve Bruce getting a bit of help with former Everton and Belgium assistant manager Graham Jones. Um, yeah, they looked they looked good balance, and they they were worthy for the win. So well done Newcastle and Everton. Um, scratching their heads thinking, you know, this is a game they should have won to sort of get back on the, get back in contention of a top four, a top six place. Um, Crystal Palace won Wolves nil. Now, this was a funny game. Uh, Ryan, I'm going to pass it over to you. Uh, Eze scoring again. We seem to like him on the podcast and Palace needing to grind out the win. Wolves, just not not the same Wolves we knew as last season, really suffering uh, with no fans and without their talisman up front. Uh, yeah, they look a bit toothless about Jota and obviously Jimenez who had the head bus probably about <laughs> five weeks ago now. <laughs> Sorry, is that the correct terminology? Um, <laughs> that's that's a technical... Yeah, no, that's the correct term, I think. <laughs> yeah, they, they've got Traore still trying to bomb up, up the wings but with no one on the end of them, he's looking, looking a bit toothless. And I know they had that little uh, 18-year-old... Uh, forgive me, I've completely forgotten his name. Fabio Silva. Fabio Silva, there you go. He, he looks was, good, uh, potential, but he's, decent. A lot of, yeah. he, he's, he's not there yet. And um, Wolves are suffering for it. I think Wolves will be fine once they have their, their whole team back, once they bring in one or two players. I feel like they're missing Doherty as well. I'm not a, a big fan of Semedo. Um, but yeah, maybe um, a couple of signings in the summer and they'll be fine. They're, they're far too good to be relegated or even you know, be in that conversation for me. So uh, yeah, I, I think they'll bounce back. Impressing... Me again is Eze, who I'm a massive fan of. Yeah. Um, takes the weight of Zaha, and uh, yeah, yeah, re- really impressive. And I can't wait to see what, what he does and where he goes next because I don't think he'll be there for more than two seasons. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, you sort of Palace players don't really seem to push on. I'm trying to think. I know there was a talk of Zaha. I know he went to United a while ago and it didn't work out. Maybe because he was too young, he wasn't being coached uh, as much personal player development he's come back and he's become the man and he's sorted himself out in terms of just getting his head down and playing so it'd be interesting to see what happens with a few of these Palace players if they push on um Mons Liverpool's uh main rivals Man City uh getting a 1-0 win to at home to Sheffield United now uh Guardiola quote said and I quote I woke up this morning went out of the building I saw the freezing cold and wind and I said today will be the toughest game we're going to play this season um, Sheffield United great away win to United uh, and City pulling off a 1-0 win what's your thoughts on sort of how City uh, just keep on powering through and able to rest all their main players I think they have really taken advantage of the momentum but their their form has been better than I would have liked um, as a Liverpool fan I'm just hoping that they slip up once or twice so that we can take advantage of it because if they just keep powering through the way that they are, then we've lost it. I know we're quite far behind at the moment, but um, yeah, hopefully there's some more cold days and there's some more hard matches for them. And then we can just <laughs> take advantage of that. Yeah. But I think they, they did do well considering. Yeah. They seem to have now like, cause it's all down to which squad can keep their first 11, the healthiest. And obviously city have chopped and changed a bit. Uh, and they've fallen upon the Diaz and Stones partnership, 
which has, has worked wonders. And um, another clean sheet. And they, they seem to be growing great guns. Jesus finally scored again. And um, a lot of fantasy football managers were frustrated when Stones, Cancelo, Sterling all benched. Um, I just wanted to pick up, and maybe or maybe anyone else might have seen this as well, but the way City are playing now, it's, it's, it's still sort of fast-moving, cut and paste, but they're doing a lot more of these little cheeky over-the-top balls. They're sort of clipping it over the top and, and building from the play there. Um, and Cal, we're going to talk on Phil Foden. Just anything you want to, you know, because we, we're big fans of his and we've been talking about him since the very beginning. Um, what's your views on City and how they're cracking on Cal? Yeah, we call Phil Foden the young god on this podcast. The young god himself. I've I got to say, right, the way he's been playing recently, like against Sheffield United, you got to see him go on his little runs where he kind of takes on one player, takes on another. And honestly, I don't know what Pep Guardiola is saying to him and, and instructing him to do. But honestly, I've seen enough from Foden. I've seen that this guy has the ability to carry the ball, beat players and do Messi-esque runs. And I just want to see more of that. I want to see him taking responsibility, stepping up instead of just laying it off to KDB and saying, you do something. Laying it off to Sterling and saying, you do something. Looking up and seeing Mahrez free on the right and saying, let me just switch the play and you do something. I want to see him take responsibility drive at players running i see them scared of him backing off backing off and, and and i just want him to run at them and then just hit one and just score goals i think he has the ability to do it he could take his game to the next level and i know if maybe guardiola is telling him look just play a square pass and and keep it simple and, and don't lose possession but i think he needs to take more risks and take his game to a new level and entertain the fans that's what we want to see i think he's got the ability to go right to the top um and against sheffield united that was a quite a tough game, actually. I didn't expect it to be such a tough game for City, but Sheffield are really fighting for their lives at the moment. They've sorted themselves out. They've been picking up one or two results here or there. Um, and it was only a 1-0 um, is the way it ended. But um, I think it was Ash that called it when we had the discussion about teams in the title race. And I've recently seen the results that Man City have been stringing together. And it's just W after W after W after W. They are in absolutely sensational title winning form. And um, it's great that Phil Foden's a part of that. Yeah, well said. Um, probably not for Mons, obviously, because wanting to see City slip up. But we can't really see them slipping up any time soon. They've settled their defence with Laporte, who was, uh, you know, a worry uh, could they sort out their, their back line but they've obviously showed that they can and improve it um, and Gundogan popping up with goals and Rodri man I know sort of we spoke about him in the last episode mm. about like it doesn't do much but his takedown um, I think it was against the West Brom game there was there was a moment where the ball came up in the air I think it was before the Mares goal where the ball was up in the air and he just brought it down and managed to sort of either nutmeg or just knock it past the defender in one touch and just just keeps it tidy, keeps it neat. That's what we like to see. Um, on the other end, West Brom, Fulham, uh, having to, to battle it out. Uh, Big Sam, since he's taken over, has <laughs> it's been a shambles. Um, Ryan, speaking as a Chelsea fan and sort of someone who's switched over their managers, mm-hmm. um, do you think they got rid of Bilic to early at West Brom uh, and do you see either West Brom or Fulham staying up this season? I see Fulham staying up. I don't see it for West Brom. I think that um, Fulham have really improved these last couple of uh, last last few signings. They've, they've brought some good players on loan. Um, 
and they're looking threatening. I, I don't think that they've, well, I previously said that they've got no business in the Premier League. And yeah, now they're looking like a real big part of it. They look more Premier League than, um, than say, a Brighton does at, at, at present. Um, and I think that it's never too soon to get rid of a manager. If you're not getting the results that you want, you change. Uh, I know that um, a lot of you have dealt with a team where they've been very reluctant to get rid of their manager and you've suffered as fans for it. But mm. it, you know, it's refreshing to see um, big decisions be made at the time that needed to be made. So no, yeah. I don't think it was too soon. I think it was right on time. Okay. Good thing they're sticking and uh, Fulham sticking with um, Parker. Yeah, uh, good choice. Good choice. Yeah. He got he got yeah. him there and he's um, you can see the de- decisions that they've made in bringing in players that they have is really repaying off. Yeah, just need to turn those draws to wins. Um, right, arguably, well, on paper, it would have been the biggest game of the weekend. However, it was last on match of the day. Uh, Mons, I'm going to switch the play over to you as sort of Arsenal and Man United, massive rivals with Liverpool over the years. Um, I don't know if you saw the game at all, but do you think a draw was a fair result, nil-nil? Um, I didn't actually watch that one, to be honest. Um, whenever those two play... I find it hard. I don't really know who to root for because I have an intense dislike for Arsenal and it's the same for United. <laughs> speak Sorry, on it. Speak Ash, on it. Love no, speak to on bits, it. But, oh, me, like, <laughs> I can't be happy when either of them win. So that that result to me is perfect. That's perfect. Nil-nil. That's how it should be. But, um, yeah, because I didn't watch the match, I don't really have much to say on that one. Sorry. Well, happy that Man United probably dropped. Oh, yeah, well. definitely. A few points, few points dropped from their perspective uh, in order for sort of Liverpool to catch up. Um, so I watched it, and, I, and I'm sure the uh, the other guys might might. I, I watched it. Yeah. Disagree. Yeah. So I, I caught the end of the first, and then the second half, obviously with with daddy duties or whatever, um, trying to get the child into Arsenal already. Uh, so she can be used to disappointment. And, uh, <laughs> She's a no, better player than Pepe. Uh, look, wow. Listen, he he he, no, he, he, played, he played well yesterday. He he done all right. Um, I'm gonna say I think Man United were unlucky not to come away with a win. As an Arsenal fan, although I'm being neutral, I think some of those glaring misses from Cavani, uh, if it had been, uh, you know, on the other end, Lacazette or Aubameyang or even any other striker, they would have put that to bed. Uh, Arsenal looked better second half. I thought Man United did really well just trying to suffocate Arsenal as they got it out. Partey was a bit sloppy, losing the ball a few times. And Arsenal, you know, considering they were missing uh, three of their best players and, you know, arguably the best young player in the league at the minute was Saka, definitely the best teenager, like stats-wise, but missing Tierney, Aubameyang, on personal matters and Saka with a bruised hit, they will be considering a draw, not the worst result to get uh, four points from Man United. Um, you know, so it was a bit of a funny one. You know, I think Arsenal fans may be feeling disappointed, but I thought maybe lucky just to get away with the draw. Ash, yeah. I don't know what your thoughts are on that one. And then Ryan, I'll pass it to you after Ash. Mm. Yeah, I think I didn't see the game actually. Um, I don't know. Like I'm finding... I just, I just, I knew it was going to be a draw. As soon as United lost to Sheffield United, I knew there was no way they were going to lose a second game. And when I saw the lineup, I knew we would be a little bit short. The moment that Martinelli came off and William came on, I had no faith. And you could just see that when the chance for that fell to him and he had like a decent opportunity to score, he just has no confidence. And I think, I think a draw is a decent result considering everything. Um, 
And yeah, it was just a bit of a nothing game. Cavani should have scored. But even then, the last chance he had, he should have left it for Martial, who had a better run on it. But yeah, no, no seems about fair, to be fair. Yeah, Ryan? Just to echo what Ash said, uh, it was nothing. As a neutral in that game, uh, I was hoping to be entertained and I found myself bored. Um, I know everyone's constantly looking for you know Saka to do something and when he wasn't playing, I was like, oh, that's uh, disappointing. You're seeing Pepe kind of do what Pepe does, which is just run and dribble, modern-day Jovino. Um, and Emil Smith-Rowe, uh, Smith-Rowe, with such high expectations, I was a bit like, uh, he's not going to play like that every single game. I think everyone yeah. needs to kind of... There's a lot of pressure on him, yeah, yeah. A lot of pressure lot of... on him and... Yeah, just sort of... He's, you have to remember he's a teenager. There was one moment where him and Rashford went shoulder to shoulder and... He's 20. Yeah, you have to yeah you have to put it in some, some context. But yeah, a bit of a nothing game. It, it, it worked out. Um, and I was looking at the statistics. I think on match of the day where Man United only scoring one goal against, quote-unquote, the so-called big six. And, and that was in a, the thrashing at home to Spurs. So, you know, and Bruno not doing it uh, again against some of the top teams. Um, I know we had the conversation a while ago about the best versus the most effective, but um, lucky, lucky to be on the pitch maybe, or at least the yellow would. Uh, yeah, that was a bad tackle. That was bad. That was bad. That was a and bad then a bit, tackle. a bit of afters with uh, Cedric with the elbow. Um, so yeah, maybe, you know, the Man United, one rule for Man United, another rule for everyone else. Um, wow. Yeah, we've, we've we've all seen it. We've all we've all been privy to it with Fergie time, etc. Right, last result of the weekend for Saturday. Before we move on to the uh, fixtures and the ongoing Chelsea game, Southampton feeling aggrieved. Uh, handball, <clears throat> possible handball from Cash in the first half, and then offside by an armpit and a bum cheek. It was never offside. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, so we can talk on that and Aston Villa. Barkley, good to see Ross Barkley coming back. And Grealish, that man again, England's number 10. It's between him and Foden. Probably offer a bit more than Madison uh, in terms of driving on with the ball. And another clean sheet. Aston Villa throwing bodies everywhere, showing their um, performances that got them to where they were at the beginning of the season. Um, As you're saying, ridiculous decisions. Should have been a handball and wasn't an offside. Yeah, like, you're saying it flipped up off of his fire, but he's leaned into it. So it's not like he's just, that he's actually leaned in with his arm. It's a it's a, it's a definite, definite handball. Um, great goal from Barkley. Um, Grealish on the run with a left-footed cross, which is re- a really hard technique to do. Um, and it was a really smart header just to put it back where it kind of came from. But then in the last minute, Danny Ings has gone through. The only reason why he, he they could think he's offside is because his hand is almost like pointing forward. But... If you look at the actual line, they've they've done it from the top point where his hand's slightly extended. When actually, if you do it from the actual sleeve where the sleeve starts, he's onside. Yeah, the guy's kind of bent out and his um his rear is his there, but he's it's, he's definitely onside. And like that makes a huge difference to Southampton, who have really struggled over the last few weeks with injuries and just um their squad not be, really being um available as much as they want it to be. Great win for Villa, considering they lost um, away to Burnley after leading twice. But Spurs, um, the Saints should definitely have got at least one goal, maybe two. Yeah, yeah. Bit frustrating there for Southampton uh, not to come away with anything. Right, fixtures. We've got currently Chelsea, uh, Burnley. So Ryan being, you know, a Chelsea fan, um, it looks like Aspelicueta scored. He doesn't fancy Reese James, does he, Turkle? Turkle, is that you say it? Tuchel. Tuchel, sorry. 
Why did I say Turkle? I was, I was a Merkel man. That's why I was probably Turkle trying, man. But... Turkle <laughs> man. What's <laughs> <laughs> Callum Hudson-Odoi, he's got the assist and he seems to like him. He he played okay. Do you know with Callum Hudson-Odoi, he looks good with the build-up. His end product needs to be obviously worked on. But, you know, second game in, um, they got the, the board draw with Wolves trying to get settled. But, you know, Ryan, what's your thoughts on the new manager and then obviously the Chelsea game today? Uh, well, watching the Chelsea game right now, I can tell you the first half was uh, very interesting. A lot of passes, which seems to be a, a big part of uh, Tuchel's game. Because uh, our last game, we had the most amount of passes in a half. Something in the 400, yeah. something ridiculous like that. I'm reading I'm reading 317 passes oh, this go. half alone. 100, oh, as well, 100 shots, no, 10 shots. So, um, a lot of shots. A lot, yeah. A lot. But um, what, what we've seen in this game is... Um, is Werner miss chances like the ball comes to him the ball just goes in between his legs it's like what what are you doing he's he's still got that that error in him and Timo Werner will start you know getting the goals soon enough I'm, I'm confident but um yeah no I'm impressed with the manager so far and the team selection he's he's, he's chosen have been uh interesting I guess he's just learning about the players I yeah. mean, to, to put Azpilicueta in with the experience um, over Reese James, who's been playing, to start Callum Hudson-Odoi. I mean, there's a reason that Callum Hudson-Odoi is approached by Bayern Munich every single summer uh, for a ridiculous amount of money. They must know how super talented this this, this kid is. And um, I know one day he probably will be England's best winger, replacing Sterling. I, he, I can could, I could see that in his game. It would be great seeing him and Sancho and, and Foden all playing in the same team. And Saka. Uh, and Saka, yeah, we're right. we are entering a new age of of young English players, man. It's great, mm. but yeah, no, Chelsea look good, man. Right now, just a whole lot of passing, and but we just need more end product. Yeah, he's just gone. Before we move on to sort of, we'll talk uh, with our guest about the West Ham Liverpool game in a second. But just just looking at the the lineup for Chelsea's, uh, you know, reliable. You got Rudiger, Silva, Aspilicueta, Alonso. He's brought back. And then he stuck with Kovacic and Jorginho. So, you know, experienced, solid professionals. Um, they were going to get a lot of passes and, and movement. And then, obviously, I'm glad he's playing Mount. I think Mount has been Chelsea's best player. Um, and then he's obviously sticking with Werner. I'm surprised he hasn't put on Pulisic yet because, obviously... Oh, he's just put him on. He put yeah, him on he's, half-time, he's on. Yeah, because of his work with him in the past. So, we look forward to seeing how that develops with... Chelsea, um, as they currently lead 1-0 at Burnley. And jump into our guest's game this afternoon. Hopefully she'll be watching it. Um, yeah. What's your views on, you know, going to going to the London Stadium, going to the East End and Liverpool um, playing West Ham? I don't know. I feel like it could be anyone's game, as much as I hate to say it. Um, they've conceded more than we have. But we've had more draws than they have. So Liverpool, they don't play well away. And from going back to when West Ham was in Upton Park before they went to uh, Stratford, they never really did too well when they met them at home. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. As much as I want to go forward and say, yeah, yeah, we've got this. I'd be lying. I'd be lying. Mm. I don't know. 
West Ham are West Ham are a different team this season. They seem that's to be. That's what I mean. Like there's two points between us, so that yeah, they, that's yeah, shameful. So. That's that's actually shameful. Two points. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you have to pick up West Ham, man. You have to nah, definitely. I, never, never. Wet spam, never. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Antonio to come and done someone's dance if you don't get injured, man. Sort of. Um, West Ham are looking solid, and they brought in uh, Jesse Lingard. He's going to try and Millie Rock or Moonwalk or. He's, hey, him and Antonio when it comes to celebrations is going to be something worth watching I'll say oh that much what are they going to do what type of <laughs> cockney knees are they're going to do something to Morrison some drill the drill dancing what do the kids do with the drill with the step thing I can't I don't know oh my gosh a TikTok TikTok oh my days can you imagine a Jesse Lingard TikTok to score against West uh, Liverpool all the United fans would I wouldn't be, put it past them to do a Bassett challenge Oh my god! Let them do a wild. I think it's moved on. It's not Bussett anymore. Is it a silhouette challenge? Silhouette. We're way too old and married to be looking at these type of things. Instagram. Um, you see, West Ham. They've they've won like their last four. Yeah, they're a good side. Yeah, yeah they're they're doing better than I would like. So. Yeah, you're not going to catch me saying that they're going to beat my team. So I'll just I'll I'll pass it over to somebody else now. Yeah. Well, I've made Salah captain, so I'm hoping, uh, hoping they get the points and, you know, hope Liverpool do well because um, Arsenal oh, yeah. need to get back in contention. Um, and everything relates back to Arsenal. You know, you know what? It's, um, <laughs> it's interesting about Liverpool. Uh, they're, in a, they're in a pinch at the moment and a lot of it can be blamed on the injuries, man. West Ham, this is probably the worst time to play them because they've got Suchek, Antonio and well, most of their team playing out of their skin. Kufal um, as well, getting goals. Yeah, they got uh, they, they signed uh, what's his name Benarama on a full yeah. on a, on a contract, and they've got um, they just got a really good side. And yeah. right now, Liverpool are very close to playing Origi in centre back. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll have to wait and see, man. Yeah, um, should be interesting that one. Thiago still my main man uh, for Liverpool. I love watching him play. Uh, I think he still needs to get up to speed a bit more. But yeah, should be interesting to see what happens with their midfield. Also. Massive shout out to James Milner, who still going playing in every position, you know, and he played uh, away to Spurs, and you know, can't go wrong with um, with James Milner. Uh, one game that could throw up a lot of goals: Leicester Leeds. This is interesting, just for sort of Rodgers versus Bielsa. Um, however, Leicester are without Vardy. Um, they went with Perez up front before, not not showing too much yeah. faith in Ianacho. That may change. Um, are we are we all saying you know we're looking forward to this game? I'm looking forward to this game just because of Harvey Barnes and Madison and then the way Leeds run and run and runs. So should be an interesting game this I like Sunday. Raf- I, I like Rafinha. Um, he scored on Tuesday against Newcastle. Just a very very good player. Held Costa was playing in last season, but I think he's actually an upgrade on him. Um, I think the issue I'm having with Leeds is still they haven't addressed the balance in the middle of the park. So they're still playing like one sitter who's doing too much work. They're playing Rodrigo and Klitsch who like to go forward, but don't mm. really do too much going back. And then you've still got Rafinha and Harrison playing very high up the pitch. I think they need to address that to be a bit more stable in the middle of the park. I think once they do that, you'll start seeing their their results kind of even out a bit. Um, 
The player who I'm really going to be watching this week, it sounds weird, but Marco Brighton, he's had a lack of a bit of a renaissance. I didn't mm. expect him to be back in the team and starting. It's obviously linked to Damari Gray having to look for a new club because he can't seem to get um, minutes at the moment. And I just think he's done so well because he was part of the, he was obviously part of the championship win inside for Leicester. Kind of looked like he was on his way out, but recently he's been a very good player for them. And, I know they've got the two um, fullbacks, which I spoke about beforehand, but he's very good at like plugging those gaps whilst also creating a lot of goals for Leicester as well. Yeah, he's been really reliable. I mean, I spoke about James Milner earlier mm. and Albrighton seems to be of the same ilk. Yeah. They're just solid, nothing too fancy. You know, you'll be lucky to get a step over if at all. Um, it looks like they're going Perez up front. One player I'm really impressed with is the young Turk, the uh, under. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's got he's got tech as I do like him. He's he adds a bit different. Uh, Sionchu still can't get in the team, which is Crazy. interesting. And their their bench is looking decent with Fuchs, Pereira, uh, and Chowdhury, who uh, is an absolute clampers. Mm. <laughs> he's a nightmare. Um, so it should be interesting to see. And with Leeds just going just touching on that, it's either going to end sort of ending glory, <laughs> guns of you know guns blazing. 4-2 or it ends up like 5-0 or something stupid just because yeah, the way they just nice. over overrun their teams but going to get caught on the press. So it'll be interesting to see that strategic game between the managers. And moving on, the last game of the weekend, Brighton Spurs. Um, I'll pass it over to Cal quickly. Uh, can we see anything other than a, maybe a Spurs win but without Harry Kane? Who, after, after months and months of backing into players and causing massive you know causing injuries and just being a bit of a snidey player has had a bit of a taste of his own medicine where he backed into Henderson Henderson moved on and it's caused him to have an injured ankle um I wouldn't you know I wouldn't wish that on any player but you know good I think there probably isn't a neutral fan or a non-Spurs fan in the country that isn't happy to see Harry Kane getting injured for doing that He's been doing it for way too long, getting away with it for way too long. Um, so, yeah, like you say, karma, man, it's nice to see. Um, but, yeah, I mean, looking at the form, Brighton Albion have actually been putting the odd result together here or there. So it is possible, it is actually possible that they could get a result here, you know. Um, it, it might be more realistic than what people might actually think. Mm-hmm. Spurs Spurs need something up front. Sorry, go on, you're saying, go on, sorry. No, no, that was it. Yeah, it might might be more realistic than what people might actually think. Mm. Um, with Spurs, I mean, they've got so many quality players. I think uh, Ryan's spoken a lot about his love for the way Ndombele plays the game. Um, what class. Oh, phenomenal. That, phenomenal. The way that he dribbles and it just seems like the ball's just glued to his foot. Um, which kind of opens up options to, to kind of beat a man and then be able to slip a ball through to somebody like Kane, who's not around, but then they've still got Quenming Song, who is, you know, up there with the best finishers in the league. You give Son a chance in the final third, even a half chance, he's burying it, mm. left or right foot. Um, and yeah, I do think Spurs are probably going to be favourites to win this game, but Brighton should be able to give them a good game. More pays in half decent form, he's been scoring. Um, so, yeah, we, we shall have to see how it turns out. Yeah, it doesn't seem, Marina doesn't seem to fancy uh, Bell yet or Vinicius, is it? Um, Bell maybe one eye already on the golf course, doesn't seem to have settled in. I know a few of my Spurs friends um, aren't happy or a bit think, frustrated that he hasn't pushed on. Um, 
So, yeah, it should be interesting to see what attacking style Spurs have all season. They've been counter, counter-attacking counter and, and, and doing really well with it, um, albeit sacrificing uh, good football, quote-unquote good football. But we shall wait and see uh, what they do with that game. Um, right, moving on to general news. Ryan, back to you. Thomas Tuchel... Was it a surprise that he came in, or did you sort of feel that he was in the in the wing, ready to come in after his uh, success uh, at PSG? I wasn't surprised when Frank left, and I wasn't surprised that it was Tuchel that came in at all. At all, there's not many high quality managers around at the moment who are available. Um, so it was it was going to be him or Allegri. Uh, everyone keeps going about Nagelsmann at at Leipzig, but obviously you have to buy him out of a contract, then bring him in. Tuchel is someone who only recently left PSG. So he's, he's still kind of, uh, well, red hot. He's still kind of alive. It's not having to get back up to speed. Cause he's taken a year off. It's like right, straight out, straight in. So I wasn't surprised. And, um, I was, I don't know. It seems like a lot of surprise that Frank Lampard went when he did, but I wasn't surprised at all. Nor am I crying tears that he's gone. He's a legendary player, not a legendary manager. And I think that everyone kind of expected him to have more time because he scored you know, more goals than anyone for us. I don't think they've actually been watching the way Chelsea have operated for the last 15 years. We we, we we chop managers quickly when the results don't come. And it served us very well. Our, our record shows that. Number of Premier League titles, European titles, Champions Leagues. Like this, is, this, this is the way. So, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm expecting good things. And so far, we look like we're playing well under him. Who else could it have been? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. I think we'll see long term. I think it'll be really interesting to see what he, how he continues to move you lot forward, and what time he's given. So if things were to change very, very quickly, like how, like, is he, is he, is he being, is he being given a long term project, or is he still going to be under the same rouge as number of Chelsea managers, where like if you don't do it within the first year, you're gone again. I feel like you need to give someone like him some time um, in order to move the squad to where they want him to be. That's mm, not Chelsea's way. <laughs> I know, but I think eventually you're going to have to buck that. Uh, eventually, yeah, sure. But we'll see what happens with I that. I don't think they're doing that anytime soon. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, um, yeah, it depends. But I suppose if he wins games and he wins titles, then, then he's going to be there for a long time. So... When, when you look at the success that Chelsea have had under Abramovich, could you not say that his methods are proven and, and it actually works? Yes. It's undeniable. Absolutely. I think, I think you can say that, but then what you can also say is that there have been a number of seasons where they probably should have, they could have done even better. So yeah, they've won a league and like, like Conte won a league and then Marino won a league, but in between they completely fell off. So who's to say that they couldn't have won three leagues in a row if it was a little bit more settled? That's the big question about Chelsea that I find. Mm. No, well, who knows? Mm. All I know is that we might just come back and win the league. True. <coughs> Hopefully not, though. Um, yeah, <laughs> unlikely. But, you know, stranger things have happened. But I wouldn't be surprised if you guys are in a position where next season you do become like one of the front, like one of the favorites 
because yeah. I do think he has a pull to be able to get some like top quality players, and obviously he's worked with the likes of um, Mbappe, Neymar. If they like his way of working and they like the idea of coming to London, they could be players who who end up coming to the Premier League to to work with him again. Honestly, it's hard to say though. This is such a weird time to be watching and enjoying football because we literally don't know what's going to happen. Like the, yeah. the, the I think Liverpool are one of the teams who are suffering from the lack of a crowd. Mm. Um, so yeah, anything can happen, man. Absolutely yeah. anything. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, we'll move on to our second story, which is um, a documentary which is going to be coming out about one of one of, probably one of my favourite players to play on. Um, Pro Evolution Soccer with. If anyone remembers, Adriano was an was sick, like he was pace, strength, like left foot outside the box, you know he was finding the top corner. Um Cal, can you talk us through um Adriano's documentary that's gonna be coming out soon? Well, as a left footed player, you know me, I like a left footer. And um as a left footed player, when I saw Adriano burst onto the scene, uh, at Inter Milan, I was just like, oh my days, who is this guy? He seemed like he was going to be the next Ronaldo, the next talented Brazilian striker who becomes a world-class player. And his career just didn't reach the dizzy heights that you expected him to. Although he was a talented player, he had a lot of things going on in his personal life. And so this documentary is going to be his tell-all story about, you know, the fascinating life of Adriano, the, you know, the, the, the prodigy that never made it. Mm. Um, so I think it's going to be something that every football fan is going to want to see. Uh, definitely, if you're a fan of Brazilians and Brazilian football or Italian football, you're going to want to see it. Um, and uh, it's currently, it's something that's currently in the works. So it hasn't actually been confirmed where it's going to go and where it's going to be. Mm. There isn't actually a release date. There's a title. It's called Adriano the Emperor. Um, so there's this article here in Versus.uk <clears throat> that says um, Viacom um, are going to look to sell the streaming rights to this film to even Netflix or Amazon Prime. So it will be available at some point. It's just, you know, the negotiations are ongoing at the moment. But Adriano the Emperor, I think that's going to be a big documentary to watch. They're going to be dealing with his uh, Adriano's battle with alcoholism, his mental health problems, um, the death of his father. Um, you know, uh, yeah, it's going to be fascinating. Yeah, dope. he was such. Yeah, he was. He because he. I remember one time he shaved his head. He looked like Ronaldo, and he was like beating players at pace. And he was like, right, is this guy the next like great centre forward for Brazil? And it just didn't really work out for him, but. What a phenomenal player when he was on song. Um, yeah, what a phenomenal player. Um, staying in the Italian league and talking about two exceptional strikers who actually went head-to-head in a recent um, Milan derby. So Zlatan Ibrahimovic and um, Romelu Lukaku, who were teammates at Man United for a short, a short stint, ended up nearly coming to blows after Zlatan made some interesting comments about um, Lukaku and then went back to old school in the playground and said something about his mum. Mons, I know you saw this video a bit earlier on. What were your like, what were your thoughts on on this incident? See, what wasn't clear to me was whether or not it was stemming from a racial thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, is this just was this just banter between them that went wrong, or was it 
intentionally to be racist because it's not that he said something about his mum, it's the whole voodoo thing. So that mm. brings culture into it. So that's like, it makes it more personal. So that's what I was trying to understand. And I, I couldn't see what made it go so left. Like, why did you have to go that far? And I know I did see a piece where, um, uh, what's his name? Lukuku was like, said something about like, he's going to shoot him or something. Mm, yeah. I, 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 I don't know because I was looking into it and considering they was um, former teammates, I can't understand how you can go from that to that on pitch unless they were sat in under the surface the whole time. And for me, the fact that um, Zoltan's manager basically condoned it. All he said was, oh, he apologised because of what happened because we was a man down because of the card. But you haven't actually said nothing about his behaviour. Mm. You haven't acknowledged what he said. You're more upset of the fact that you you lost because of it. Like he, he got a red card and he's apologizing. You're praising him saying that he's, what did he say? Oh, he's a great guy. And, and like, he's some champion or some, what's that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, what are your thoughts? Um, I didn't really think too much about it. I thought it was just a, you know, little passer. I don't even think that it was going to be, um, cracking on like this. Is it really that deep? I feel like it is though. I feel like that those little comments, it's it stems from something because it's not like you're attacking him as a person. You went mm. as far as not only to bring his mum into it, which is everyone, everybody knows that's a button, but mm. you brought culture into it. That's what leads me to think it's a race thing. Mm. So why would you do that? You could call him. There's like millions of names you could call him. You could slew him without having to say something like that. And then it's like he was enjoying it. He's just grinning. He, he was he was really winding him up. I think <clears throat> the thing about football is there's this competitive advantage that some players like to have. Like they like to kind of like centre halves will always be saying stuff, whispering in the ears of strikers, trying to wind them up. Mm. Um, and and it's the striker's job to just kind of stay focused, stay on job, and 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 not get triggered. But sometimes it happens. You know, it happened in the World Cup with. Uh, Zidane and Matarazzi. Zidane lost his head, head-butted Matarazzi, got sent off. Um, and this seems like another one of those type of situations where there's some words between footballers. It's gone all out of control. Um, and it, the thing is, I think because we're playing in this time, in this COVID-19 time, when there's no fans in the stadiums, you can hear everything. And that's probably not a good thing. Because the video mm. shows this whole conversation and it's horrible to watch it, man. Because Zlatan Ibrahimovic is like a footballing hero. You don't want to see that he's engaging in this kind of dishonorable behavior. Whether or not what he's saying is deemed as being racist or not. It's 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 dishonorable and it makes him look like a nasty piece of work. Um, but the, st the stuff he said, he, like, I mean, he called him a donkey and... and, and and he, so, he said, he talked about voodoo. Don't do your voodoo. Go do your voodoo. It's like, that's, you're, you're, you're talking about an, a negative aspect of somebody's culture. Mm. That could be perceived as being racism. Mm. It's, it's, it, it's, you know, because <laughs> because does he do voodoo? What does voodoo have to do with, with Romelu Lukaku? I don't know. Unless there's well, something. He <laughs> about it before when they was teammates. Um, he said something about he was on a, pilgrimage trip with his family in Africa or something and then someone did something like voodoo and then 
he got the call from Man United or something like that. That's where it came from. Oh, but okay. what you're saying about the banter between players and them winding each other up, I feel like he took personal information because he was a former teammate of his and used it against him. That's yeah. foul. That's just showing his true character. Like you said, like he's a hero. You don't want to see him behaving like that. But I feel like you need to look at it for what it is because he's now revealed his true colours. Well, I mean, at the highest level of competitive sport, I would expect that from a lot of footballers, to be honest. So in in my opinion, I don't think, I don't, me personally, this hasn't really tarnished Zlatan's reputation that much in my eyes. But I can see how for some people, you know, they think, yeah, he should be cancelled. You know, you know what it boils down to me? You, you made a point that like, obviously the crowd, like with, with there being like no crowd there, we're starting to hear things. So we spoke about Jimenez earlier. If anyone heard the FUD of David Luiz and their had cracking together, we wouldn't have heard that if there was 50,000 screaming fans there. What's really interesting with this scenario is, is Zlatan has always been mouthy. He's always been someone who like plays on the edge. He's always got something to say, but normally what happens is, is he then delivers on the pitch and people, you'd be like, we don't hear this bit. So we've now got like a real, a real insight into what happens on the pitch. And I think th- when when you speak about someone and like your your teammates and you know what goes on behind the scenes, you, the fact that you've kind of gone there means you know you know what you're doing. You're trying to wind them up on a personal level. The racism and the cultural thing, I think, is really despicable. I don't know if I'd say he's being racist as such. I just think he's being really like inappropriate. And I think what happens is when you speak about the, the voodoo, that was that was a bad comment. When you said go and do voodoo with your mum. That's when I think whatever that what happened after that with Lukaku, I wouldn't say it's justified, but I I completely understand his his reaction because again, if you want to talk to me personally, it's one thing. Don't bring anyone else into this. And I think Zatan showed zero class, and I think it it really looked terrible on him as an individual. He's still an exceptional player, but just he, him as an actual individual, he looks so petty and just like despicable if I'm honest like I lost I lost some respect for him for, like, yeah. by doing that yeah I did because I think the moment you talk about like someone's mum and like it's just unnecessary and like he made a point like he went he called him a donkey then he spoke about voodoo then he spoke about his mum to me those three things were it was unnecessary for him to go that deep and be donkey. that personal what's, what's deep about donkey no but again like donkey is still like yeah like okay cool that's fine that's that's standard the voodoo stuff is personal, and then say go with your mum to do voodoo. That's that's unnecessary. That's unnecessary. No, I don't see that. Listening back, the thing it, is, it's going it, to get brushed to the side anyway. Mm-hmm. They're going to forget about it, like you said, because he, he he's been mouthy, and because he delivers on the pitch, people forgive it. But I think the reason why I'm saying it ties into the racism because he brought the culture into it, and mm-hmm. the fact that it all gets swept under the carpet too much. Like the racism in football is just too much. It's it's too easily forgiven mm. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that, that's not enough, that's not racist enough for me to be worried about that yeah, I, I, that's I, how it starts yeah, you, know no, how, I mean? you get away like, with one two comments and then it escalates no but I, I've got friends who say always say oh, doing judge doing judge doing judge talking about someone doing spells on someone else and yeah my African friends talk about voodoo all the time okay that's, you're that's both from the same culture you're both from the same culture I'm Caribbean I'm not from that culture you, you okay, know what I okay, think but, it is 
just to jump in, I think I think like you said, it's just it's the personal nature of the attack. I'm not going to sit here and say he was yeah. being racist. I think he was being mm. culturally insensitive. But I think yeah. it's just the personal nature of that attack is where it kind of moves on to. And I think that's where it becomes a little bit of a of a, of a of an issue. You did just fact you did just um flag up racism um ones and actually staying in the theme of Man United. Um, Axel Twanzebi started for Man United against Sheffield United um this week. Obviously, United lost that game two one, but he was subject to some really like horrendous abuse with yeah. monk like with monkey things being put into um under his Instagram profile, um, bananas and just that real overt, like disgusting, reprehensible language and and images just put on a youth talent who's just made an uh, an appearance for um the team that he plays for. Speak, you, you, you spoke about kind of the wider point of racism and how you feel about it. Like, how are you feeling about racism being handled in, in the game at the moment, Mons? I don't think it is. I don't mm. think it is being handled at all. I feel like when an incident happens, it's brought to light. So it's trending and people got something to say and it quickly dies down. Mm. I don't feel like the consequences and the repercussions is enough. That's why people keep doing it. If If you was held accountable and there was actual consequences they wouldn't do it but they're they're brazen they're doing it outright because nothing happens like the fines and this and that but so what so what it's like parking tickets you you still park there you're going to pay the fine and move on and still keep doing the same thing it's not enough they're not acknowledging it like you've got players taking a knee and in that same match something will happen Mm. yeah I don't think it's this is anything these these uh I don't know what the FA can do with these people on social media because it's not inside football it's people on Twitter it's not in a stadium it's literally comes down to the social media sites and their terms if like, all, all the FA can really do is reach out to social media sites but ultimately the social media sites can say right they're going to delete their account or we're going to block them and they're going to create a new one so it's a much bigger issue because in the stadiums and sure fines and docking points is what where it's really at. If you dock, uh, I agree. I agree. Docking points dock from the club, yeah. you'd completely kill it. But it's not something yeah. that, they, they're, that they're willing, willing to, to do. do it. Exactly. No, so that's but, what I mean. There's no real consequences. No, but, not yet. But, not in football. But I think I think that I think there could be more collaboration with saying, okay, cool. These are things that's kind of there. Yeah, they like they they put a knee on and they they go down on their knee. There's like badges. They'll be that these incentives for a while. They're putting more people on TV. That's fine, but I think they still just need to like make sure they don't take their foot off the pedal. And that society as a whole, like racism, is a problem in society first and football second. And I just think as a society, we need to continue to work on these things and use things like football as a tool to try to kind of like push a positive message. I think that's all that football can do at the moment. But it's just it's it's horrible for the subject to be um, transaby to be subject to that kind of abuse. Um, but yeah. A bit of a sad way to kind of end um, today's podcast, but as always, a great kind of discussion between all of us. Um, ben had to kind of shoot off. Um, kind of daddy duties are really kicking in now. But just a huge thank you to Mons for kind of coming on and joining us as our first female um, participant. Thank so you thank you so much. Me. Yeah, no, it was Thanks, absolutely guys. great. Um, and yeah, just obviously big love to Ryan as always. Um, for giving us the blue perspective and Cal for doing all the background stuff, producing and making the audio and the quality sound as great as it kind of do. Any last thoughts from um, either of you, Cal or Orion? Um, I just want to say we forgot to mention, or we, well, it wasn't in the notes, but there was that uh, Marcus Rashford um, <clears throat> issue 
so he recently came out on social media and said somebody who's been, you know, sliding in his DMs and racially abusing him after um, the maybe a lackluster performance against Arsenal. So, yeah, again, it's just uh, another reminder that there is a lot of racism in football and it needs to stop. We really need some big repercussions so that people can start to feel the weight of what's what happens to them if they do these kinds of things. But yeah, uh, apart from that, <clears throat> be good, everybody. Be good to yourselves. Be good to everybody else. Thanks for once for coming on, and peace out. Man. Yeah, um, yeah. Just have a great month. We're gonna go begin into February now, so I just hope February's an even better month than January. Yeah, and drink water, and <laughs> drink drink water, man. Guaranteed drink water, and don't feel pressured by Valentine's Day, folks. I know it's coming up. <laughs> I know that uh yeah it's, it's still a thing man just um, down Valentine's le- learn to love yourselves folks we have a Valentine's special and we will, we will be recording on Valentine's Day um for your next play on podcast so look out for that perfect way to end but yeah thank you guys um as always Instagram podcast play on um part of the beer rap and banter team um I've been Ash I've been Cal I've been Ryan and thanks again Mons